Peace, everyone. This is Alicia coming to you from Houston, Texas. You are tuning into the Microdosing Podcast. So now I have part two of my interview with Robert Bustani of Pralaya Yoga. And in this segment, we talk about, <laughs> I bring up uh, the commercialism between uh, behind yoga apparel and blocks and and things like that. And so we touch on that a little bit. And then we also um, just really kind of dig down into the human condition. And it's a very uh, tender conversation. And I, I'm just excited to share it with you because um, I think that this conversation, the things that are being said, uh, the things that are being understood um, and interpreted in probably many different ways, uh, it's necessary right now. It's a necessary conversation. And I'm grateful to be able to um, have this conversation and share it with you. So let's go into part three, no, part two <laughs> of my interview with Robert Bustani. Peace and light. You said something earlier about like kind of being clothed. Um, there was another moment I spent with you in the classroom setting that really turned a key for me in my head. <laughs> and you came in, you were coming in from somewhere, the class was already there, and you had on jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately was like, said to myself, he's probably going to change, right? But you didn't. You taught the entire class in jeans and a t-shirt. And later as I was reflecting on that, because there was no deviation in how you had taught before, like nothing was different. You were comfortable, like, but what, what clicked in my head was this really is a lifestyle. This is a way of life that if you're literally walking down the street and there's a yoga class or something you want to do, you just pop in. It doesn't matter what you have on. And in this space that we're in now where everything is so commercialized, you have to have on a specific kind of clothes. You need to have these kind of blocks. You need to have this kind of mat. You need to do this. You need to do that. In order to prove that you are a yogi, you need these things. And that was so special to me because I was just like, wow, it really is just how you're living. Right. Can you elucidate on that a little bit? Just how, like, your lifestyle, like, how did you come into the yogic way of where it just started to be a part of your tapestry? It comes that as, as an individual grows up, there are requirements. So you're in school and you as a child can't necessarily take care of yourself physically, certainly within our, the way that we're raised in the West. And it depends, depends on the particular family, but you're in circumstances where you're sort of taken care of. And individuals that are not taken care of can become extremely independent, regardless of what goes on. People have yeah. had very, very hard lives where suddenly they're kind of thrown out on the street and they have to deal with whatever circumstances are there and they have to become very 
resourceful to do that kind of thing. And I think for each life it's different how you get to that that point. And even what yoga is, at a certain point you realize that it's not about the externals of the yoga. It's about what is your internal state. And your internal state, what are people looking for? Well, you, you might say, well, I'm looking for happiness, but you can't be necessarily joyful, playful all the time. But what, what can you have? What can you have that is independent of anything that's going on on the outside? And I know this is not quite the question, but I'm going to go this way and then I'll answer the question. And the idea is that, you know, if you're a parent and you love your child, you love your child, not because of anything that's going on, brand new baby, just because they're beautiful and miraculous and precious and you want to take care of them. And maybe you can't protect them from all suffering. Sometimes when they're reluctant, you might have to encourage them to go out in difficult circumstances to take care of things because you know ultimately you're not going to be there or you might not be there. Right. You have to be at any point. And so you leave them with the best that you carry inside of yourself. So... Growth is always needed as the world gets more sophisticated and complex and you have to make hard decisions about what you need to do to continue to survive. And so you have to go deep inside of yourself and not necessarily you're grateful for whatever is out there to support you but you find that if you focus too much on what's out there to support you and collecting things, you see people at the end of their lifetime where they have, they've collected everything and they can't let go of anything. And at a certain point you're stuck in a box with all these things around you and you can't see outside of yourself. And so whether it's clutter in your mind or clutter in your house or clutter, wherever it happens to be, now, now you're trapped with all of these things and none of the things can stem the gap between pain in your heart and love in your heart. Now, if you practice yoga for a long time, what ends up happening? You find that deep inside, and I've said this many times, deep inside below all the clouds of emotion that you might be suffering under, all the storms around your heart, that there's always this love that's there. And that's the point, that if you can find the love inside of your heart, then whether on the outside it's happy or sad or however it is, if you're feeling that love inside of yourself, there's a sense of satisfaction. And the fulfillment in life is that I'm continually feeling love in my heart, continually and that the external circumstances cannot take that love away. And the idea of yoga is to get to a point, and that's what happened with me, to get to a point where you're always feeling this love inside of your heart. And I didn't start out 
feeling that. I was a very, very happy child. I really enjoyed life. It was very vibrant and actually very much extroverted and so on. But you start noticing in life there are requirements, and the requirements come from the outside. And I'm not necessarily just saying parents, but countries and other countries in conflict with those countries. There's all of these other things from the outside. And suddenly you are not just an individual in the midst of all of this. You're an individual in the midst of all of this chaos and expectation. Mm -hmm. So now how do you maintain your peace in that circumstance? If you can't find the love inside of your heart where you have satisfaction independent of what's happening on the outside, uh, then you will never have peace. You, you may satisfy lots of the expectations that are outside and whose expectation are you going to satisfy? You'll satisfy the ones that are most dangerous. You satisfy the, the people who are most dangerous to you, especially as a child. You'll even admit that you're, you feel guilty about something, even if you don't understand why you should feel guilty about it as a right. little child, because you're afraid that, oh, I need this big human being to protect me because I'm afraid emotionally and I'm little and I don't know how to grow my own food or I don't know how to survive on the streets. So there a dependency is developed and sometimes those dependencies aren't met. And then people in their lives try to go out with education and accolades and likes on social media and all that kind of thing to sort of stem the gap between either feelings of inadequacy or not being as accepted by everyone on the outside. So you look for the acceptance on the outside, and to get that acceptance, you're willing to, in some cases, or necessarily fall in line with the requirements of the people on the outside in order to have that acceptance. And yet you're going to die. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. You can prolong the whole, the whole thing. You can be disciplined and I'm disciplined. So I don't know how long I can actually do it. I don't know if there's some set period that's just already set down, but you know, people ask me, you know, how can you be so disciplined? Well, I'm disciplined because I feel better when I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing. So I make those choices. And I've even heard you say, when I make those choices, it's not always something that I really want to do, but I do it. Right. Because long term, and and what did I come to as a child? You know, I mean, before I went to school, I looked at the world and I said, okay, there's a balance between pleasure and pain in this world. Hmm. And I don't know how I came to that, but I came to it. You were. as As I was sitting there. Yeah. I thought, if I don't discipline myself, then there may be some repercussion later because I didn't discipline myself. So I would prefer to make my life challenging in a certain way or strengthen myself in a certain way by kind of making myself do things that might be uncomfortable because then later... No one's going to punish me for that in particular. Like I used to think it was like ridiculous. You know, people would say, 
you should do well in school. And then I would do well in school and they would say, that was really good. You did really well in school. So congratulations. And I would think, why are you congratulating me for what I'm supposed to be doing in the first place? I'm I'm supposed to be doing it. And then I do it and you congratulate me because I did. And I thought, well, that's kind of quizzical. That's kind of silly. Yeah. Ultimately I decided that, well, okay. And I saw it in many things. It's like, okay, if I just do a little bit, that's challenging. Like, you know, my dad was really into exercise, very simple things. He also worked really hard. And so did my, my mother. And in, they would say, okay, in order to be successful, you need to do these things. And I started saying, well, okay, it's a balance of pleasure and pain. So there may be things that you really like and you'd like to go to, but then you won't be strong enough to do it because you've been too easy on yourself just trying mm-hmm. to get your way out. And so it, it came to it. So it wasn't like good karma, bad karma. It's like karma is karma. It's what's going on. It would plays out. It's what plays out in material existence. If you have a car, it's eventually going to wear out. If you have a body, it's eventually going to wear out. If you have food, it's eventually going to spoil. If you have relationships, they're going to die in some way or another. Yeah. And the idea is that in the present moment, you appreciate the fact that it's here and you begin to realize that you don't own anything. You have this life, you have this opportunity, and you don't own anything. It's in your possession for some period of time. And enjoy it while it's there because it's not going to be there forever. And so then you begin to just love the people around you, however they are. And you realize that it doesn't mean you don't fight back. It may mean that, you know, what what happens to people? Well, what happened in Cuba? Well, what happened in Cuba fairly recently uh, was people had the same lines told to them and they're starving and repressed and they finally got to a point it's like no we need food we need support you know we it's not about us continuing to sacrifice everything where everyone so to speak higher up that's telling us what we need to do uh they seem to be doing really well and we're the ones that are needing to make the sacrifices. And at a certain point they were like, okay, I'm watching people close to me dying. I'm not trying to be revolutionary here, but this is, this is the truth. You watch people that are, that are dying. You have people in, let's, let's be very specific about it. You have the NPR national public radio did a program years ago. And they talked to some some kids that were in the ghetto and that were robbing people that came through. And one of the kids, and I, it really struck me, you know, again, I'm not trying to be revolutionary, but these things need to be looked at. They yes. need to, to be looked at because nothing will change from the status quo. If you don't look at what is going on, you need to understand why people do. You don't Blame them. I'm going to say this and then I'm going to go into something really different that I think is greatly important. Okay. Um, so there was this NPR report and there were these kids who were robbing people, but when they would rob them, they'd also beat them up. And they interviewed one of the kids. And what did he say? He said, 
I got tired of seeing my mom and my sister hungry and everyone suffering in my neighborhood and someone comes through and I don't know who he is, but he looks like he has some money and I rob him to get some money because I want to feed my mom and my sister. And I start hitting him and I realize I'm so angry and I feel better because I hit him. Not that I wanted to hurt him, but I was angry. And, right. and he, and, and then he started changing. He says, okay, I need to, I need to do this a different way. But there is that frustration that goes on with people. And the idea is, you know, I always talk about Prem Rawat. Prem Rawat said, if God can make a body for you, then couldn't God make a body and come and visit you? So you have some man on the street that maybe dresses differently, looks differently, isn't the same as you. And you look into his eyes and they're wiser than you are. Yes. And you realize everyone has the capacity to be very loving and kind and generous. You look at third world populations, you go with those people, they have nothing. They will give you the last scrap of food because you're their guest. Yes, they will. There is that part of things. There is the Booth B, B O O T H B Y. I think it's boothb.net or org or com, something like this. And uh, it's, it's a situation where people will go and be around other individuals who have been violent or abusive in some way. And they, there's a whole technique of challenging what they've been doing till they get to the point that they realize that whatever they were doing that was abusive of other people, it's not who they really are. And that any person, even the people who are most critical of the people who are most abusive, everyone is capable of the same Horrific things, depending on the circumstance, you know? So one of the gentlemen that talked about this, there's a TED talk on it by a guy by the name of Bill Cummings, or Cumming, something like this. And the TED talk was his daughter was assaulted, and he said, I was ready to kill the people that assaulted my daughter. Because he's capable. And he ultimately went back and talked to them and said, The only way I can change this is to let you understand what was going on with this and to let you recognize that. I also recognize inside of me, I might be capable of that kind of violence. So now I'm not making myself better than you. I'm saying I'm in the same state as you and okay, maybe things worked out in my life. I know this is very controversial, but it's worked out in my life that I've not had to resort to this sort of thing and I'm going to love you regardless. Mm -hmm. And what it does, if nothing else, suddenly when people know that they're loved regardless of what is going on, they sort of have respect for the people who, who actually love them. them. And now suddenly, where do you go? Let's say you get to a point of love. Let's say you get to that. Let's say you reform from whatever tendencies you have that we help each other and we all, go to a better place. Let's say that happens. Okay. And now we have a world and we know it's true. This in this world, there's no reason for anybody to starve. There's no reason to give farmers subsidies, not to grow food. 
when you have people that are very wealthy who won't grow food just to get the subsidy. All right. They weren't going to grow food anyhow, and they still get subsidies. Subsidies, right. yeah, they do. No one has to starve. It doesn't have to happen. It's like, how many cars can you have? How much food can you eat? How many I'm houses do you have? To have? You know, it, 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 and, and that's the whole idea of yoga. The idea is namaste. The, the idea is that which is sacred in me is also sacred in you. Right. So if your heart is breaking... That's the same as my heartbreaking. And why can't I see that? Mm-hmm. And so the idea of yoga is not making yourself elite. It's not making you better than anyone else. It's making you human and accepting with eyes open and realizing that could I live with less? Well, yes. Could I become successful regardless? Yes. I mean, at least the internet to some degree has allowed some people to do that. So it, it begins to sort of level things out. So what Premro, I would say, if God can make a body for you, then couldn't God make a body and come and visit you? So whenever you look into the eyes of anyone who comes to visit you, look very carefully because you don't know who's there. Peace, everyone. We have wrapped up part two of our uh, interview with Robert Bustani of Pralaya Yoga. And I think just having a conversation about compassion, which is my my word for this year, is compassion. Like to really look within myself and give myself the nurturing and love that um, maybe I wasn't in a place of receiving at a certain point in my life or it just was not available to me. And um, just really looking deep into people um, to to just see and have a human experience with them um, and not necessarily take things so personally has been a great lesson for me so far this year. <laughs> and we're barely in the year, but um, you just never know. Right. And so you never know who you're looking at. You never know who is looking back into you. So uh, being mindful of uh, who we think we're honoring and who we're uplifting and, um, you know, just who we're saying things about or, or any of those things, just really allowing yourself to be humble and connect is so important. So uh, thank you again for being here for this part of. Um, this interview and we have one more part. We have part three coming up. So just stay tuned in the next couple of days. That episode will come out to you. And thank you again so much for being here. Till we speak again, peace and light.